Uh, I'm Mark Jarvis. I'm CEO uh, and chair of uh, Giga Metals. Um, we've got a very large, low-grade, open pitable uh, nickel cobalt sulfide deposit in north central British Columbia that we are uh, working diligently to develop. Lovely to see you. Um, it's, been, it's been a while. Um, thanks for coming yes. back on. Um, Obviously, the big news of the day, and your share price reflects it, it's a 30% pop. Uh, there is the Mitsubishi Corporation uh, JV on the Turnigan uh, Nickel Project. So, first of all, you happy with the response from the market? You know, I mean, it's a beginning. I think Mitsubishi got a fantastic deal. Um, but for us, it was a good deal because it's so much better than our market cap. So, or our market cap at the time. So the um, terms of the deal give a project valuation where we're still not really trading to that project valuation. But I think even more important is what happens next. No, I, I, I agree with you, but let, let's just look at the, some of these moving parts. Right? You, you said Mitsubishi got a great deal, but you're yes. not necessarily happy about that. Is, that. is that a reflection of, well, Nickel had a good run of it. It's going to come off like a lot of things have come off. Our bases uh, in terms of metals have come off. Um, the timing wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite what you wanted it to be. I mean, why, why this like, well, feels no, think, negative. You know, no, I think what it is, I think what it is, is that Mitsubishi got in basically at a price that reflects how much money we've spent on this project over the last few years. So they got it in basically the same price as we did. However, they bring so much to the table. We get Mitsubishi as a partner. So I think they got like a really good deal but you know they've got they've got in-house expertise in terms of uh, mining and i mean we've just been through a due diligence that you wouldn't believe how thorough it is um they've got in-house mining engineers in-house metallurgists they know what they're doing in the mining business um they're they they've got a model where they like to own a minority interest in an operating mine at the end of the day and that's what they've done all over the world They've got partners like, you know, BHP, Rio Tinto, Tech, you know, Anglo, Glencore. It just goes on and on. And they like to have that non-operating minority interest and just have the off tape. Okay, well, let, let's talk. Let's actually, let's talk about this because I, I've worked for Japanese uh, companies, um, and I think most people will recognize the the name or the brand Mitsubishi from their cars. But they're a bit more than that, aren't they? So, I mean, what, why, and which bit of the Mitsubishi Corporation are you dealing right. with? Is it just on the EV side? Yeah, we're dealing with their materials division. And then within that, they've set up a battery metals division or a critical metals division. They're mostly looking for nickel and lithium. Right. Okay. Um, and, and they're really interested in projects that have good environmental credentials. They're very serious about, you know, I mean, ESG, everybody goes ESG, blah, 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 ESG. I, Mitsubishi's serious about it. It's a core value for them. And, and they won't do a project if they don't like the environmental impact of it. Let's come back to that, because I, I don't want to get okay. distracted by that, okay? Because there's lots of ways you can interpret that. Um, let's focus sure. on the deal, okay? So cash consideration, 8 million bucks, right? Yep. Um, they will get, what, for that 15% equity interest in Hard Creek? Is, and exactly. is that it? So, so, so we created uh, a subsidiary corporation, 
Hard Creek Nickel. Um, and we put uh, all of the assets to do with the Turnigan project in the subsidiary. They have now bought a 15% interest in that subsidiary. So, so we are now an 85% owner of our subsidiary. They're a 15% owner. We are the operator. And the deal is really that simple. We're going to use that money to uh, produce a pre-feasibility report uh, and including um, a report, you know, a, a separate pre-feasibility level report about adding on a pressure oxidation circuit to create MHP. And actually with a POX circuit, you can create anything you want going forward. MHP is a very hot item right now in the battery world. That's the form of nickel and cobalt that people are just paying through the nose for. They just love it. Right. So, so that, but that, okay. So let's, let's just do the maths here. So 15%, they put in 8 million, it could have been 9 million, it made, made the maths easier, but it, it's just, just under, uh, 6 million. Uh, so was that, sorry, let me get this right. It's, it's for 15%, 8 million. So what does that value the company at Hard Creek? It values the project at, uh, just under 54 million. Right. Compared to your current valuation. Our market cap. What's what's the stock trading at right now? Can you see about 40, 40, about forty cents. Forty cents. So that's about forty million. Yeah, just under forty million dollars. Yeah. Okay. So so it's not really up to what they gave it as a project valuation. Okay. And however, you know, in my view, if we were in a good market, we would be trading it well above that project valuation because the market would be factoring in. Holy smokes! Okay, a. They've got Mitsubishi as a partner. Look what Mitsubishi brings. I mean, they've got a bank in the group that funds yeah. construction of mines. Yeah. I mean, they've got relationships with major mining companies all over the world. Um, and, and not only that, but I can't tell you anything about what other projects they've looked at because they don't talk about it. They're honorable. They won't breach a confidentiality agreement, but I know how thorough they are, and I would bet you that they have looked at every Greenfields project on the planet. And so, to me, the fact that they've settled on the Turnigan project uh, is an incredible validation of the project. Right, so they've, they've settled on it, but what, what exactly do they get for 15%? You know, what's their expectation of you, and what's your expectation of them? You've mentioned the Mitsubishi Bank, and you, I guess you're looking straight to their balance sheet and a bit of technical know-how, but can you balance that out? For, let's start with them. What, what do they think they're getting? Well, they're getting 15% of the project and 15% of the offtake. They are not getting an offtake deal. Okay, okay. Um, we were willing... You know, I, I, I actually don't want to get into all of the uh, twists and turns of the negotiation, but um, uh, it's it's really as simple as stated. They get fifteen percent of the of the project. They get fifteen percent of the company that owns the project for their eight million dollars, and you know, going forward, they're going to have to fund fifteen percent. We're going to take this eight million dollars and spend it to produce the pre-feasibility studies. Going forward, beyond that, they're going to have to fund their 15% of whatever we're doing as we move on to full feasibility, the environmental assessments, and so forth. So what's your, okay, they, so they, they do, they get 15% of the, of the production at, at some point in the future? That's all they get? Do they get first, yes. first 
option over anything above that if they, you know, a first right of refusal, as it were? No. No. Okay. So it's open. Okay. Okay. Keeps competitive yeah. tension going there. Do you think having them in kind of puts people, other people off? Or do you think you've framed this and, and, and written the agreement in a way which, you know, won't be off-putting for others? Oh, no, I think uh, I think it's going to turn the lights on in a lot of places. I mean, okay, so, because, you know, we're talking to already car companies and battery companies. I mean, we're talking to the people that really want a long-term, reliable supply of nickel. And, you know, I know that they're talking to lots of people, but in my conversations with different automobile and battery companies, I have not met a single mining engineer. So... You know, I mean, these people are starting from scratch and trying to differentiate between this project and that project and which project is the one I should go for, but they don't have the internal capacity to make that judgment. I think Mitsubishi making this move sends a signal to those people that, okay, here's a company that is clearly capable of doing that due diligence, and this is the project that they have chosen. So. I believe it's going to help us in our ongoing discussions uh, with the car and battery companies. And our intention is to sell uh, another small piece of the project at a much higher project valuation than Mitsubishi got. Okay, so eight, you're going to take their eight million bucks, spend it on doing a, a pre-fease. Um, hopefully, right. the market reacts to that, and you get a higher valuation. And is that the point at which you would then sell another chunk of the business or would you go out and raise equity in the markets and continue through to a feasibility study and uh, and then sell a chunk of the company? Because you, know, you, you, you can phase this um, and either have a slightly non-dilutive uh, attitude is I will sell a bit of sell a bit of this uh, project level to another entity. Would you consider selling it to, would you consider consider selling another chunk? To Mitsubishi, or are they they not allowed back at the table? How does it work? No, they're allowed back at the table. Right. It'll be at whatever price everyone else is paying. I mean, they um, we have no intention of selling of uh, selling down uh, our share of Hard Creek Nickel of the subsidiary to below fifty one percent. Okay. We have no intention of doing that. Right. Um, and in fact, it would probably be, you know, I'd like to retain about 65% at the end of the day. Okay. There's a, there's a number or there's a percentage where it gets quite awkward, isn't there? We've seen a few companies come on here and they're, they're basically the liquidity is jammed because you've got, they're sitting with a significant shareholder, you know, who's got a, an alternative set of plans and um, approach the company to the board who are running the company. So again, you, you, there's a delicate balance or delicate dance to be had there. Is it better that you have an alt- like an uh, an alternative or another one or two, you know, significant minority shareholder? I you know I think one more significant minority shareholder would be perfect. And then let's just drive on towards feasibility. Let's let's get our you know let's get our construction permits and so forth. Right. I want enough money to get shovel ready. Okay. I want to accelerate development of this. Okay. Um, Can I talk about what what um, Mitsubishi's expectation of you are? are you, you're going to be the project manager on this. Are there yes. fees in that, or does that come out of the eight million, or do you have to fend for yourself? I mean, how, how does that work? Uh, we're going to negotiate later after we get the pre-feasibility done uh, what our management fees would be to manage 
uh, going all the way to feasibility and running run, running all that. In the meantime, I mean, everything directly uh, attributable to the project uh, gets billed to the pre-feasibility. So, right. you know, geologists who do nothing but work on the project, you know, our in-house engineer, uh, you know, for example, we're going to put 75 or 80% of his time because he does some corporate stuff as well. My time isn't booked to that, you know, overhead rent isn't booked to that uh, for now. I mean, we're, we we have left that to negotiate later. Right. And does Mitsubishi have any say at the around the valuation at post pre-fees? I mean, obviously the significant minority, but have they, have they got any input to that? How do you, because you want to drive as high as possible, so, but it may not reach their thresholds. Do you know what I mean? So it's, Again, an interesting one. Oh well, well, put it this way. I, you know, I think for the next minority interest, uh, we are free to operate uh, as we wish, and we're free to create um, an auction if we wish. And 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 frankly, if you think about it from Mitsubishi's point of view, they got in at what I think is an incredibly good price. I mean, it was a fair deal, you know. But they don't give money away those people. But it's going to make it make them look pretty good if if our next pieces sold for a better valuation than what they pay. And what's, what's the timing on the pre-fees? When would you be looking to put that out by? Uh, well, what we said is first half of, of 2023. Uh, I I think it's, we're shooting for the end of the first quarter. Right. But, you know, there's so many moving parts, you never know for sure. So we've stated first half of 2023. Right. So one, one of the moving parts out there at the moment is um, headlines around, um, I think, there's a lot of headlines around numbers coming out of China. Uh, this zero COVID stance that they're taking is uh, making people nervous because it's, uh, <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> put it mildly, it's making people nervous. You know, so I guess you've got the, we'll have the money to kind of move this forward through the delivery of a PFS. There's a lot of, again, nervous CEOs out there thinking, well, crikey, in this inflationary environment, we're, we just don't know what's going to come out the other side. Um, you know, going from PA to PFS, there's, there's usually a bit of movement in, in, in terms of the the cost, the capex, the opex, etc. We've seen 40, 50, even one case, 60 percent increases. Um, are you rushing into this? Is that the right course of action? Should you be perhaps biding your time with you know headlines coming out of China like they are? Inflation still rampant. Well, you know, I don't think there's any way to rush a project like this for, for one thing, Matthew. It's, it's, you know, as we stand here today, it's going to be five years before we're in production. So, so you know, you take a five-year timeline um, and what's going to happen with zero COVID in that time, it will resolve itself one way or another. Either China will destroy itself with this idiotic policy or it will move beyond that policy and get back to normal. Um, and my money would be on the latter. So just just overall, I mean, base metals have been crushed by this COVID policy in China, you know, including copper. And <clears throat> but this whole thematic of electrifying the world hasn't gone away. It's still happening. And so maybe you hit a speed bump on the road to you know electrification of the world. But that's all it is. It's it's you'll you'll be looking at that in the rearview mirror. No, um, I, I agree. I agree with oh. you, Mark. I agree with you on that one. I, I was really thinking towards the sort of um, you know, accelerating towards the next 
point where you need to raise some capital. You, you said, okay, we'll, we'll probably sell a chunk of another little chunk of the of the project away, and that'll bring some right. more capital in. But you know, you want to, you know, do you take the view of, oh crikey, in this environment, will I get the value again? Will I get the value that I think should be attributed to this or not? Or would you say, do you know what? It is what it is. I'll get the money, and it'll get me get, get me through to the next phase. And at some point, it'll, I'll I'll catch up. The, the 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 valuation will will backfill itself, as it were. So some people are tippy toeing around the decision making. Others are saying, look, you, the, the, there's never a kind of right time or a wrong time. It's just get on with it, and you know you know move forward to the position where you can get into production. So where, where where do you sit in those board discussions? Well, I'm just looking for the least dilutive way possible to get there. But you can't and, control that. Uh, you can't control that. That is, is what I'm saying. No, but I mean, we talked before, and I, you know, I, but you know, I told you before that, um, you know, I was looking to get investment at the project level, and you were skeptical about that because why would anyone do that? And 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 I mean, I understood your skepticism, um, but I also have the sense that the market is coming to us. So, I mean we don't have an immediate need to raise equity. And so we don't have any desire to raise equity at this moment at these prices. That could change. I mean, I'm not making any promises that I will never <laughs> issue any more stock, but you know, I've always managed to keep this company financed and managed to keep it going forward. Um, you know, I'm not unrealistic. However, I do believe that the market is still coming to us. I think, I think the battery makers and the automakers in particular, whole paradigm of supply chain has changed. And it's early in that change. They haven't figured this out yet, but the whole just-in-time inventory model where you're sourcing materials from around the world and you know everything's zipping around the world, you know, the war in Europe has called that into question. Uh, you know, people are going, okay, if China invades Taiwan, what happens to my supply chain then? And <clears throat> the general conclusion is we need a supply chain closer to home. We need a supply chain in politically stable countries that aren't going to go to war willy-nilly. And in some cases, we need to own parts of the supply chain just to be sure that we've got the supply if it's critical. And so that's where, you know, the thinking has gotten there. But it's still early days, and and uh, they realize they need nickel. They realize they need lithium, and those are the two critical, most critical, I think. Uh, they also realize that they need rare earths, um, but certainly they need nickel. They need cobalt, and we now have a transaction with the company that says maybe maybe this is the project. And there's reasons why Mitsubishi chose us. Well, well tell, tell me about those because, you know, I think you alluded to earlier, Mitsubishi will be placing lots of small bets, eight, eight million to Mitsubishi Corporation is nothing. It's yeah. not less yeah. than pocket change, right? So they'll be placing right. lots and lots of bets. They'll be speaking to lots and lots of companies and hoping that one of you guys pulls it off, right? That, that, that's the reality of how this works. And I say that in the context of they have invested, they, Mitsubishi and many other automotive manufacturers, many OEMs, gen, more broadly, are investing hundreds of billions of dollars building infrastructure, which needs to supply, so secure supply chain, right? So, that, so, that, so that's the reason they're placing lots of these bets. Um, 
and if if you if it works for you, if you are able to deliver what you what you think you can deliver, they'll be they'll be pleased uh, because it's a case of we need all of the above. Right. I don't have any yeah. favorite children in this in this race. I think we need all of them to cross the line, uh, for, for sure. So, how do you, how how do they grade you during all of this 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 whole process? And you know, maybe you don't want them to kind of you know take over the project um, too early. You want to you want to, I guess, capture well, well, the value. No I don't I don't believe they've got any intention of taking over the project. Right. They don't want to operate. They want to be a supportive minority partner with whoever is operating the project, whether that's us but, or whether at the end of the day it's a major mining. But they want 100% of the offtake for projects like this. They uh, well, you know, that's what um, they're charged and, with. And they doing. may get, they may get there. Right. You know, it depends. It it depends. I mean, I'll put it this way: Mitsubishi are very good at marketing, and you know. <clears throat> Uh, let's say you're a big copper company or a big iron ore company or something, and 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 you decide to get into nickel, and here's your nickel project that you're that you're going to take. You know, do you really want to go to the expense of setting up a completely green nickel marketing department, or would you rather have somebody that knows what they're doing and has vast experience in marketing nickel, like Mitsubishi handled the marketing? You know, there's a very good case to be made that uh, Mitsubishi could end up with. Uh, most, you know, if not all of the offtake. Now, on the other hand, if you're a car company or a battery company, you're buying in because you want your piece of it. So, you know, there's that dynamic. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But the marketing is up for is up for grabs at this point. Okay, but I guess I guess the important bit here is that you know we'll restate it again. You know these guys are spending billions of dollars and building you know hundreds of billions of dollars building these yeah. large infrastructures, right? They need to kind of feed feed the beast, uh, as it were. Right. They're not actually here, nor do they care about your share price. It's about securing that supply chain because they capture value. Yeah. All the way down the supply chain. So, how do you, how do you get that balance between doing the things which will drive your share price and giving them what they want? Or at the moment, fifteen percent, they, they they have to just suck up and deal with whatever decisions you make. I mean, how, how does it work? You've got to have a relationship, haven't you? Oh yeah, we've got a relationship, and basically, we're very transparent with them. So we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna sell a minority interest to someone that they don't like. Or that they don't want to do business with. We're careful about that. We're respectful about that. But you know, the major car companies, the major battery companies, they like those companies. <laughs> so you know, just getting back to something you were asking earlier is, you know, why us? I mean, why, you know, how do they grade us? Again, I don't know who else they're looking at. I assume that they're looking at everything in the world. Okay. But our project is the lowest risk. Technically. So, you know, it's low risk because of the jurisdiction, for one thing. You know, any Canadian project is low risk from a jurisdictional perspective. But our project technically is low risk because 99% of the nickel and cobalt are in one sulfide mineral, Pentlandite. So all you have to do is crush it, you know, crush the rock, grind the rock, put it through froth flotation and recover Pentlandite and suppress everything else. That is so simple. 
that simplicity spells reliability. It also spells, you know, a much uh, shorter processing uh, a chain, you know, and crush it, grind it, float it. That's, 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 that's so simple. There's no magnetic separation. There's, you know, to, to, you know, separate out of where you're right. There's no uh, de-sliming circuits because there's all sorts of weird alteration minerals in there to screw up the metallurgy. It's none of that is required and that makes it simple. So that is, I, I just can't emphasize enough how strong that makes our project. If you're going to spend $2 billion to build a mine, you want to have confidence that it's going to work. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you do. You want to make sure it works and you want to make sure it's economic and you want to yeah. make sure the scale is there to help with the, the economics. Um, so, you know, I get that. We, we've, sp we've spoken about that ad nauseum, you know, in pre previously, sure. okay? Um, so just... I'm trying to work out where, where you are because I'm, I'm trying to look into the, I'm looking to the future. We, we there's, there's a phase one to your project and potential phase two. So we're, I guess, step one of phase one. Uh, you get some money in, you know, get yourself a strategic partner and you kind of outline the way you see that, that moving forward. Um, the, the kind of other, the, I'm trying to work out what the other options on the table are for you in terms of who else you, you talk to now versus who else you would talk to after a PFS. Do you have to, are there conversations being set up for the PFS stage, as it were? You know, have gone for, or is it just a case of head down you know, and get I on mean, with it? You know, put it this way, um, we're kind of marching forward. Anyone that we're uh, having serious discussions with has signed an NDA. And so they can see the work that's ongoing. They can see the trade-off studies that we've already done. Um, and, you know, I, I can't get into specifics, but some of the trade-off studies we've already done uh, look quite positive. So, um, you know, and we've got still a lot of work to do to do a PFS, but I suspect that if a company says, okay, well, I'm going to sit back and wait for the PFS to be done before I make my move, they may be too late. We'll see. Why, why, okay, you, you spent a lot of time telling me why they picked you, and you know, and that's fine. Except that, why did you pick them? Was it a case of we needed something? Because you know, North American critical minerals list, North American car manufacturers, OEMs. You know, they they're talking a good game, and some of them are placing placing bets. We're seeing, you know, we're seeing Ford and GM make moves on, on the lithium front. Um, why sure. why did you not pick a North American partner? I know Mitsubishi has offices across the U.S., but they're not an American company. So why right. not pick a North American partner? Well, it was just it was just something that organically involved. I mean, you know, we're going through an internal process. And again, I mean, if you look at Martin Bydrick, who's our president and who led all this and who gets you know credit for all this, we work shoulder to shoulder, but Martin, Martin is the guy that used to work for Sherry, used to sell nickel and cobalt all over the world to end users. You know, he used to sell nickel and cobalt to Mitsubishi, Mitsui, all of the trading companies as well he had relationship with. We just started talking to whoever would listen. Mitsubishi listened and, um, well, they, they're the only yeah. ones listening. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, why aren't the, why aren't the North American car manufacturers or OEMs talking or listening to you about your project now? Because you're going to need that, I think, 
that given well, listening okay, to the narrative thing, right now, you okay, need for it. one thing. One of the car companies that we've talked to, major name, North American name, um, a year ago, they had no mandate to invest in projects. So, you know, nice to talk to you. See you later. They came back. We now have a mandate to invest in projects. So it's just it's just their thought process is moving at a certain speed. And again, to this date, talking to a car company, talking to a battery company, I have yet to meet a mining engineer. And I think that they're going to have to realize that, you know, if they're going to evaluate projects, they actually need to have an in-house mining engineer to say, well, this one's good and this one's not. And, you know, um, absent that, that's amazing. That's amazing change in, in, in attitude and narrative. And you can never imagine before we first started talking all this years and months ago, you can never imagine the car manufacturers going upstream because they didn't want the risk. And yes. moves like from people like Tesla, I think, sort of ch- changed the the way the, the the dynamic and also the 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 variables, as it were, in terms of these assessments. Because it's always been like traders; yeah. they'd have traders in there, and they'd go around to trading houses. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I think that's a really big important point you you, you make there. I, I think we'll start to see more of that, or I hope we will. I hope well, we will. if they don't hire mining engineers, then they're going to have to rely on the fact that yeah. Mitsubishi did their due diligence, you know. And uh, and I think they can rely on that. I think I think getting Mitsubishi in as a partner is going to accelerate things for us because it does give that stamp of and and my God the due diligence we went through. I mean, you used to work for a Japanese company, yeah. Yes, a very very detailed due diligence, and they also hired uh, an outside engineering firm to get their take on it. Uh, I won't mention the name, but it's a firm that. Uh, some people call the deal killers. At at some point, uh, this engineering firm said, you know, the assumptions in the PEA are reasonable. And we were just all high-fiving because, I mean, you do not get higher praise than that from a, from a serious engineering firm. The assumptions in our PEA were reasonable. That's like, that's like gold. So... Anyways, that's that's when I felt confident that we would, you know, uh, end up with this transaction completed. Right. Okay. I think I understand all the moving moving parts in this one. So just um, we know what you've got to do in the in the short term between now and first half of end of first half of, of next year. Um, is there anything else that because we're getting we're sort of excited and focused on on that? Is there anything else happening in the background in terms of other parts of the? The company, or uh, that we, we no, need really, to know about. we are. This is this is this is our focus. This is our entire focus. Right. Okay. Well, in which case, thanks, thanks for the update, and and, and congrats. I think sure. the markets liked it. You may not appreciate uh, how much they liked it. Maybe they, they need they've given some time to digest and 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 understand it. Um, yep. Will you be? Will there be news over the course of whatever it is that you're doing on the on the PFS? Um, that you will be coming out with, or is it a kind of long, quiet period coming up? I think it's a pretty long, quiet period. Okay. I mean, I don't think this is an exciting news-driven period. It's just that suddenly the odds of this becoming a mine have gone way up. Right. And the other thing is, I mean, the other thing that I hope will change is, is, is Matthew, we have zero analyst coverage. 
you know, maybe an analyst will notice and, and say, maybe this is worth looking at. I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I, you know, it, you know, maybe the fact that Mitsubishi chose this project first amongst all others tells me that I should be taking a serious look. We shall, we shall see. Um, I think it's, it's good news. I think from my experience of, of Japanese companies, no one, no one wants to lose face, believe me. Um, so it's not a decision that's taken lightly. Um, no, it's not. You know, so, so look, uh, we, we will, we will follow you eagerly over, over the next few uh, months. Um, and we look forward to um, the PFS coming out and reaffirming the numbers and hopefully the market does calm down, but this is a, a long game. So, uh, Good luck with it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. A pleasure as always.